0: or I can create a story that says, I can do whatever I want. And these visions and these dreams that I have have been given to me for a reason. And I can trust them because Mm -hmm. they keep on leading me to new adventures. And I don't actually know, and I can't know what the outcome will be. But what I can do is trust that something bigger than me has my back. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Curb the Binge, the podcast. I'm your host, Katya Slavinskaya. I am bringing you an interview today with one of my favorites, astrologer Adam Summer. He's the host of the podcast Exploring Astrology, one of the most popular astrology podcasts on iTunes. He's also uh, the astrology behind Holes to Heavens, the He's the astrologer behind Holes to Heavens, the website where you can get readings, you can take classes, you can download some freebies, um, you can join the lunar raffle that he holds to get free stuff. There's all this different, um, all these different offerings, and he's one of the astrologers that I know that appeals to people who don't even, who aren't even that interested in astrology, because. Just as a thinker, he's interesting, as a conversationalist, he's inspiring, and he always has some interesting ideas to share. So I'm really excited to bring you our topic today, which is all about rewriting your story. We all have one, and largely, by and large, these stories run our lives. And until we become conscious of what our story is, we don't have a lot of control over what, how our lives go. We kind of leave it up to external circumstance. But once we realize that there's a story behind all of this, there are some beliefs running the whole show, then we can actually get a lot of power and rewrite this story. So I will bring that to you without too much delay. I just want to ask you, if you're a podcast listener and you are getting a lot out of these podcasts, then please go on iTunes, whether it's this podcast and any other podcasts that you listen to, go on iTunes, go on Podcast Addict or Stitcher, whatever you use and give your favorite podcasts a review because this is going to help them get a lot more exposure, get a, to a lot more people who might enjoy them as well. So, um, go through the process, leave a review, and we're going to be enormously grateful to you as are the people who discovered these podcasts for the first time because of your review. So let me bring you Adam summer and this great conversation. Join us till the very end. And I will see you on the flip side. Enjoy. Hi, Adam. Hello, Katya. Um, thank you so much for being here. I just want to kind of um, give a little background to the fact that we've known each other for, what is it, 12 years? And, um, you know, in that time we've been close friends, but you've also been a person that I've gone to, to consult with and to talk to um, with your astrology work when I've had a hard time, and that's really why I wanted to bring you on the podcast to speak with, you know, our listeners who are working with something really intense.
1: Mm. Well, thanks for having me on. I love being a guest to other people's shows since I'm the one that's always on the other end of it. I'm that's right.
0: <laughs> that's right yeah and i listen to your podcast regularly and um it's so cool that you have it out there so that people can can get you um in in bites that way as well
1: yeah it's enjoyable it's my favorite podcast it's mm. such a wonderful creation
0: for, yeah.
1: for speech and exploration and learning and yeah so are great
0: totally totally free education Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we were talking a little bit um, about addiction before we even got in, on to the podcast. And, you know, you and I have sat down and done a lot of astrology, looking at charts together and things like that. But I don't remember us ever really delving into this topic um, head on. So I'm excited, even for my own knowledge, to just sit here with you for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um and talk and, you know, but but first, let's just kind of give a little primer because I know for a lot of people out there in the world, astrology is like a very esoteric thing. And um, what, what I love about your work is that you make it accessible and you're actually a very practical man and, you know, your house is in order and like you, you're very, the advice that I get from you is always something that I can apply to my life. So, um, yeah. So if you can just say a few words about, um, astrology, maybe how it's applicable to everyday life, if somebody doesn't really have yet an entrance
1: point to it. Mm -hmm. Well, astrology is applicable to everything because what it really shows is it's a study of time. So you have past, you have the present and you have the future, even though, two of those nodes are quite uh, illusory. They're slippery. Are they real? It all depends. But the astrology chart shows you, depending on how you use it, everything about a person's psychology points towards the soul and the spirit, yeah. the karma, the potential, to how to best work with all of these energies and you can think about them as gods and goddesses or archetypes or just tones or frequencies whatever is most comfortable the most important thing is that it works and the main interest that initially got me in to astrology and and studying it is its healing potential because it can show especially when working with the outer planets like uranus neptune pluto they're transpersonal they're in a way beyond our subjective psychology and they oftentimes show us the root cause wow really going on especially pluto
0: so is this something that you can look at a person's chart and actually see predispositions psychological predispositions that they're going to have in their lives
1: potentials of it absolutely but there's this idea of archetypal multivalence like it can show up 10,000 different ways more than that so like if there's a signature in a person's chart that speaks to a propensity of escapism and what we would call addiction even though I do believe we're all addicts in our own way (laughs) (laughs) but I want to talk
0: more about that
1: yeah (laughs) for sure but like there's an aspect that actually is in the sky as we record at this very moment, which is the moon and Neptune. They're exactly conjunct as you and I are talking in Pisces. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's just one that tends to show up very often when people have that in their chart of really enjoying drinking, really enjoying the opiates, really enjoying just whatever means necessary to completely check out. And it's because of the sensitivity We live in a crazy world at the moment yes. Yes. and the stimulation can be so overwhelming that it's the only option but to check out because of those feelers they've got that are more sensitized than most people.
0: Yes. And so is this something that we need? I mean, you know, do we need to check out sometimes? Do we need to kind of get away from reality?
1: There's a spectrum to it. And I think like when you're contemplating Neptune, and, and its pull to go into other worlds and to just not be here is mm-hmm. an incredibly healthy way of doing that, i.e. meditation, being in nature, just sitting there and watching the squirrely nature of your mind, just being like the idea of just being fully in the present moment is, of course, and can be an incredibly spiritual experience. And that can be seen as escaping, especially if you're really into meditation and you're sitting like four hours a day from yes. the outside looking in. It's like, what? what are you doing? You're sitting there. But of course, as we know, there's a lot going on in those that have such practices. So that's a healthy way. And then the most unhealthy way, is, well, get the six pack, fire up the bowl call some friends or not, watch Netflix for 18 hours, those types of things.
0: So tell me about all all of us being addicts. I'm so intrigued by that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm kind of wondering in my head if this was my belief before I started studying astrology or not. (laughs) But, for example, when you uh, study Pluto, this hungry energy that some astrologers relate to the soul's desire right i think that it also can be equated to a hungry ghost that's within us that has a very deep feeling of lack Mm. to it and it's based out of fear
0: so everyone has this so you know just to kind of backtrack a little everyone has a chart that is kind of a map of the sky at their birth right Mm -hmm. and so in that chart everyone has the same pieces Mm. i.e the planets but they are going to be in a different position on everybody's birth chart.
1: We're all unique snowflakes.
0: We're all unique snowflakes. And there are like endless permutations of this, right? Mm -hmm. So um, everyone's going to have Pluto somewhere in their chart, just like they're going to have the sun. You know, what sun sign are you? Just like your sun is somewhere, your Pluto and as well as any, all the other planets are going to be somewhere in your chart. That's a unique place um, that indicates where Pluto was at the time of your birth.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Break down.
0: Good. Excellent. So, okay. So Pluto points to a deep lack or a feeling of a deep lack.
1: Right. And, you know, to think about it, just mythologically speaking, Pluto in a way, the same God as Hades, the Lord of the underworld, Mm -hmm. this idea that, Lurking in the unconscious, deep in the shadows of our minds, is this force that everyone has it. Because what it does is, because of this feeling of lack. And Jeff Green, who's who wrote a couple books on Pluto, talks about how Pluto specifically shows trauma that we carry through lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And so that is more of the rootedness of where this hunger, where this feeling of lack, might be coming from. But it's hidden, and it can have devastating effects on people's lives if it's not kept in check, right? Like if it's constantly going about satiating these darker desires and feeling shame and regret and guilt and all of the symptoms that come in an addict's experience, um, it can completely destroy a person's life. So so just real quick to finish it, and then the potential is to be able to see it. Well, astrology is one tool to help in understanding what this is, but also anything that peels back the conscious mind and gives us access to those unconscious contents. Yes. Psychotherapy, plant medicine, regression work, breath work. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, but you have to be able to uh, have something that points out what this is because it is, again is invisible.
0: And you have to be willing it sounds like to actually look at something that's not very pretty.
1: It's grotesque.
0: It's grotesque. It's like, <laughs> right, so this is what you're saying and what I just want to underline because it's so juicy and this is something that, you know, you I think is so valuable by talking to somebody who works with people and who's worked with a lot of people is that You realize that every single person has a side of themselves that is like wilder and darker Mm -hmm. and more grotesque than you could have ever imagined (laughs) and that's every single one of us Mm -hmm. so this feeling because this feeling of shame and guilt doesn't it have so much isn't it so rooted in a like a, a fear that I'm the only one that has this you know this monster inside of me
1: is a big point you brought up. Yeah, there there is this specialness that I think comes up in the throes of deep addiction of, you know, I have it worse than anybody yes. else. I don't need help because I'm better than that. If I go to those groups, I'm just gonna be bored. I'm not like them. Right. Whatever those That's right. thoughts are, like they're they're just excuses or the relativity of comparing your problem to other people's problems. It's like, yeah, I might have an issue with cannabis, but like the kids nowadays, it <laughs> is yes. dabbing all day long or eating weed. Like for me, like, oh, I just, you know, smoke throughout the day and I'm functional. That's it's right. Justification Pluto. And you know.
0: denial, right? I mean, we big never time. get to the problem if we're always saying, well, but it's really not a big deal. And I'm so much more in control than others. And I'm still functional in my life, which that is a huge aspect, by the way, of binge eating is that binge eaters are functional addicts. Right. You know, they're not, I mean, I, you know, I don't binge anymore. Um, I haven't binged in a while, but. Uh, you know, it's still, I, I wouldn't say I'm completely cured and, you know, I still feel the root of it there, but, you know, so I'm going to say we, we binge eaters, we don't, um, you know, we don't have that, like where we're out for a few days, we're out of commission because we drank too much or something like that. So it's a little bit, it's easier to be in denial about it, I think.
1: Yep. But if, yeah. Until the the mirror experience of just the constant hatred around that, and then it starts to show up, right? Like in body image and whatnot. Absolutely. When I it's, point that out, it's like you can. It's functional, but then at a certain point, you're like, "Wait a minute! Like, how did I get here?" People are commenting on it. Uh oh, I've went too far, and that's when the transformation clicks in. Hopefully, when you're thinking about Pluto, it's like, "Oh my god!" Like I feel like I've come to the. the 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 dark night of this experience with the soul and there's only one way out of it and that's to start your slow ascent
0: so okay so we've faced through um you know by looking at the chart so by the way just a little side road here if i came to you and you're my astrologer you're you're the person that i'm choosing to look at my chart with and you were able to see pluto i mean What would the positioning of Pluto in my chart, what would it tell you about the nature of this darkness that I'm facing?
1: Right. So one other thing we have to bring into it then, which I think is one of the most important around understanding addiction, Mm -hmm. is the nodes of the moon. And so Mm -hmm. for your listeners, the nodes of the moon aren't uh, planets. You can't find them in the sky. It's It's the intersection between the path of the moon and the sun. And it's this incredible polarity that also is a dragon in India. It's called mm-hmm. Rahu Ketu. Mm-hmm. That remarkably tells the story in the st- of our lives, the ones that we're subscribed to, all these like different bits. And so the South Node, in a way, is the most integrated. There's the most volumes of text upon those stories because it relates to our upbringing, uh, all of that past. I would include the perinatal story, uh, what it was like when you were in, in utero, if you want to bring in past lives, but all of that that we would consider like genetic disposition or our past is a south node thing. And then the north node is more or less an unintegrated part of the story that we aspire to. It's, it's, it's the boon at the end of the hero's quest, it is the holy grail. And so it's like a blank journal that we're constantly in, like being inspired by when we recognize it in people or wherever it shows up in life, but it's a part of the story that we're writing.
0: So and it's more like our, you could say, the direction that would be best for us to head in, or?
1: We have to head in it, but we also have to realize that they're not two islands. Like, I think that's a big misunderstanding with a lot of students of astrology is that the whole goal is to discover the North node, figure this destiny thing out, and then completely forget about the past or where we come from. Yeah. But there's a greater image to it when they integrate, which is, you know, the serpent eating its tail, the Enso, the Ouroboros. I think that's the riddle that is found in so many great stories and in myth of why does the dragon show up? Perennially in all cultures across the planet.
0: Yeah, why does the dragon show up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's something I contemplate often. <laughs> uh, you weirdo. <laughs> I'm into dragons. For I sure. love
0: you so much. <laughs> Me too. They have good hearts.
1: They have good hearts, but also, what do they instill? Like, if you were to give descriptive words to a dragon, what would they be?
0: They would be. I would say intimidating. Okay. They would be, oh gosh, what would a dragon be? I mean, it's kind of larger than life. There's like this huge context to it. Yeah. They're hungry. Mm
1: -hmm. They're, yeah,
0: what else? Colorful?
1: (laughs) Colorful. Yeah. A supreme, powerful entity, right? Like what is more powerful than a lizard that can fly around and blow fire And people, when you look into its eyes, you turn to stone and all the other things that, you know, have qualities in different dragons. It's a supremely powerful force that often shows up as protecting something. A treasure sleeping on top like Schmog in the Dwarf Mountain. Yes. Or a princess or whatever. It's protecting something that is of immense value for an entire journey to be embarked upon Mm. to face the dragon.
0: So what is the dragon protecting in our lives, in our birth chart?
1: I think it has a lot to do with the freedom that we're all meant to experience from these stories. And I think, like, Joe Campbell uh, relates it to, in a way, rescuing... The the
0: mythologist, Joseph Campbell, yeah. Uh Mm -hmm.
1: Rescuing the inner child. Mm -hmm. That, like, in a way... He found a costume and put it on that's a dragon and, and like we have our own hallucinations and the stories that we come up around as part of ourselves. But it, 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 so much of it is potential, our dreams, and how all of that gets squeezed out of us and conditioned deeply with toxic memes from the culture that we live in. Yes. That's a huge thing. Like the stories oh, that we tell ourselves is also their cultural stories. And the worst thing about the culture that we live in, there's many amazing things. I don't want to wrap on America 2.0 in 2016, but we lack mythological context. We have no connection to the land that we walk on. We don't even believe in spirits and ancestors and all of this, which is a segue that I want to bring into what I also think these hungry ghosts and the addictive mind in us might be about ungrieved souls within the family tree, stuff like that.
0: So, you, okay. I, I feel like there are so many different ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> right it's a big idea.
1: You asked me about dragons.
0: Yes. No, I'm so excited about this. I just want to, though, like state my excitement because you just unearthed kind of the pith of the whole Curb the Binge idea and mission which is that you know we have we all have a unique purpose and that the best way to know what our purpose is and this is my bias and my belief that we all have a unique purpose in this world Mm -hmm. Um, good one to have (laughs) it's worked so far and it's improved my life so much but you know my my other bias is that The best way to know what your purpose is, is to examine your dreams, to unearth your dreams Yeah, Uh, from underneath what exactly what you just said, all of those culturally conditioned stories, like we're not good enough or, you know, we're never going to be this thing that we want to be because we're too fat or we're too old or we're too young or we're too white or too black or whatever it is but the, all these cultural condition stories and that, you know, from my experience working with clients and myself is what the eating is about. It's, you know, it's this trying to fill this. It's like, well, if I, if I believe that I can't have my dream, then I'm going to have this second best thing, whether Mm. it's drugs or alcohol or food or spending money um, or calling friends nonstop or whatever it is, but it's a second best thing. Yeah. So I'm just glad that you unearthed that.
1: It's a sloppy surrogate for the divine.
0: That's right. A sloppy surrogate. Yeah.
1: And uh, well, you wanted to use yourself as an example. So I think it's really important to point out that like these nodes that we've brought up, there's a South node and a North node, K2 and Rahu, and it's a severed dragon. So the South node is, is those deep stories and patterns that we identify with. You can think about it as a comfort zone, deep in mind. Yes. Inside, yes. That for you, you have it in Libra Yep. With Pluto right next to it. That's right. Your north node is in Aries. They're always opposite. So Aries and Libra is a polarity. And your north node is in Aries. So you're going to think of like having an Aries dragon that you get to wrangle and learn how to ride and fly on. Now, the way I work is to make, like, say you're my first client, right? Or we're working with each other for the first time. I have ideas about what that polarity means in the nodes and also the location. But really, I don't. Because that story is going to show up so uniquely different in every single person, that the way I usually work is just seeing, well, where are the transits in relation to this? And so how is it coming alive? What are the mm-hmm. challenges along this adventure line that and you're transits
0: on? are what the planets are doing in the sky now, right? Yep. Or yep. at any given time throughout your life. Yep. So yeah. So you could say, you know, like I had a nodal return, which means my nodes were in the same place that they were at when i was born when i was 18 right yep 18 and, and a half yep. 18 and a half and so you do you mean like you could you would ask me what happened at that time
1: well or i wouldn't the- even go back there like just looking at your chart now which i have up in front of me mm-hmm. uh i love you, it you look at the north node in your chart which again is an aries and you look at transits and the planet uranus yeah. Is currently in Aries and has not been for eighty-four years. Oh wow! So this is a once-in-a-lifetime transit for you, and so that alone, like you're talking about, everyone has their own unique self that they're meant to, you know, discover. Yeah, Carl Jung called this individuation. Right. That there is this divine. Fingerprint that kind of holographically can come alive inside of us as long as we keep individuating. Well, that's a scary road, and that's what Uranus transits look like. That, for example, when we're I don't want to bring that in, I'll just confuse people. But okay. by following your dreams and doing exactly what your heart is telling you to do, yeah, that goes against a lot of times what mom and dad think you should be doing. That's right. What culture says you should be doing. That's what, right. your lover, your friends, everyone. And so especially if it's a crazy ass job that you're coming up with. And I have a handful of friends that do some weird stuff. <laughs> 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 I mean, what you're doing isn't that strange. It's beautiful. You're trying to help a lot of people with, with, with computing. And yeah. so having Uranus on the North Node, what it is, it's like this gift of lightning that's continually going to strike and show you all these amazing insights that take the form of inspiration.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. How long is it going to be there?
1: Well, it depends on the orbs you use, but I would say it's already active. It's already happening, and then the exactness of it won't be until 2018. Oh, okay. I don't think. Maybe the end of 2017.
0: And how but, long does Uranus. it stay in Aries?
1: Until 2018.
0: Okay, okay. So, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But this is big. I mean, it, it, in a sense, you can think of Uranus as the Great Awakener, as a Promethean impulse to discover what... Yeah. We really are. And by doing that, we have to decondition. We have to be weird. We have to make strange choices in our lives that are just full of pitch black trail in front of us. We don't know where it's going, but it feels right. And to be feels right, yeah. Feels right. And as long as you keep doing it, you keep individuating, you discover it and like this transit, like knowing, you know, you just started all of this, you're super excited about the momentum that you want to create with this new practice. Well, that is a tall tale sign of, yes, keep going. Keep keep knowing that you want freedom from what you're used to, freedom from the known.
0: That's right, Adam. That's beautiful. And, you know, so what we're talking about is that the North Node or this suggestion of uh, something to go towards or something to integrate that you haven't yet in your soul it is so scary because it's the unknown, right? It's the unknown. And so, um, you know, if we're eating or we're doing some behavior, I feel that oftentimes, and you can tell me what you think about this, what we're trying to do is actually like put the brakes on our inner impulses because we think that our impulses, if we follow them, are just going to fuck us. They're just going to fuck us over. Like they're just there to ruin things for us. And we doubt that there's actually intelligence there, Mm -hmm. which is that cultural conditioning, right? We all think that if we don't spend all of our time, you know, organizing our life and our 401k and our, just the way that things are meant to all the pieces in the right place. And that if we don't create safety with a capital S that our impulses are just going to drive us into some kind of, um, into some kind of major destruction but we're missing i mean tell me what you think do you think that we're missing some major intelligence when we don't listen to those
1: Mm. yeah it's it's the call to adventure it's the hero's quest right is my take on it and you capitalizing safety is really huge because the nodes of the moon and the actual moon their primary objective is exactly that safety security being comfortable being safe in this world that we live in and so that's what the stories, in a way are all of our behaviors and all of our patterns and all the things we do when certain emotions emerge or circumstances happen yeah 90 plus percent of the time we fall back into the south node strategy right in a way relapsing right Uh, and, and, and so the challenge, it's one of the greatest things. Like I teach a class on this called how to make good choices with the nodes that in any big choice in one's life, you can see two main avenues. You can simply say it relapse, do what I'm used to, or take the harder road and know that I'll feel better on the other side of it. Yeah. But in any choice we have in life. It's, you can think of it as simply this dual um, binary nature of the story of the nodes of the moon.
0: Do what we're used to or step out of the comfort zone.
1: Yeah, yeah, the safety and the conditioning and all of that kind of stuff. And the north node as well, like you combine these two together, like we're talking about Uranus transiting your north node, like coming for the yeah. dragon. I mean, that is, it's, it's a wake up call transit like if you were not doing what you're doing if you were who knows what your parallel life would be but you say were, you were still binge you were unhappy you yeah. weren't doing yoga you had no idea what you wanted to do with your life you were serving ice cream at Dairy Queen you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's your life you know, different parallel universe yeah this transit comes around and oh my god it's like the house getting struck by that lightning I was talking about Right, everything changes on a dot, and Uranus transits can be absolutely traumatic by how fast the change is forced on a person.
0: Wow, so these are the crises that force us to change, right? Yeah, that we got to dance with it, choice Mm
1: -hmm. and be proactive with it. I think that's one of the great advantages of knowing astrology is being able to see a transit that's coming to be able Mm -hmm. to pull from either personal experience or what you've seen in other people's lives, of what the nature of that is. You can read books, whatever, but really, it's always going to be unique when it happens. Right. To get a feeling, if you're self-studying, or if you're giving a reading to a person, to give them the idea of what the spectrum looks like of possibility. And then to, of course, do your best to inspire them to make it to the golden side of that rainbow. Right. Because you can be proactive with it. Like Uranus transits do not have to look like tragedy in that way. But all the baby steps along the way, like taking the big step of, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to put my voice out there, which can be a really scary thing. I want to be independent from my family financially. Like all these baby steps. Yeah. You're being proactive with. But if you weren't, then that's when these, especially the outer planets, Uranus and Pluto and Neptune, will destroy. destroy Ouch. Cancers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, something that I just want to bring in because, you know, just to make it really alive for people, um, I'll just share my, you know, when we were talking about, so my South node is Libra and the, that propensity to stay comfortable might look like, I mean, like you said, there are endless permutations, but, for me in my life, that comfort zone might look like just kind of getting into a comfortable relationship and sort of hiding underneath the shadow of my partner and just kind of doing everything for the family and for my partner and and kind of disappearing mm. into, you know, so that my own identity and anything that I might have to do in this world would just disappear. Not that there's anything wrong with that calling, right? But But for me it's almost like as much as I wanted to do that because it was my comfort zone throughout my life, it was like the universe just did not let me do that. Every time I tried, I would be thrown out of the nest <laughs> because it was like this strategy is not going to work for you anymore. Right. And so I found myself in this kind of no man's land for a while of like, well, if that comfort zone strategy is not going to work anymore, what do I do? And then I always had dreams of writing and, you know, I used to pretend I, you know, had like a radio show when I was a child. You had a podcast? I had a young? podcast. <laughs> they didn't, this was 20 years before they existed. And, you know, I had, yeah, I had my podcast and I was interviewing Madonna. Oh, that um, was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and I, you know, I would kind of wear leotards and jump around the house and you know, this kind of foreshadowing of, of yoga and teaching and, Um, and, but I, I always had this idea that I, that that future was completely unavailable to me, you know, for some reason or another. I mean, I come from an immigrant family, the expectations of me felt like they were, you know, more along the lines of that South node destiny. Right. Um, and so for the longest time, it felt like. I could not allow myself to want what I wanted. And this is so huge because if we actually unearth, if we do that Pluto work, I guess it is, of actually getting to see what it is that we want, like what you really want, because what you really want is not the food. It's not the booze. Right. Right. Okay. So that to me feels like North Node material,
1: Really specific language to it as well that I think works. Like, what do we want to make a difference between want and need? Not that one is good and one is evil.
0: Yeah.
1: The Aries nature is wanting nature. Mm. Interesting. The Mars, it's very instinctual. It's what we're attracted to. We don't think much. Yeah. Go after. Right. That is, you know, the basis of it is the libido, it's a sexual force. And then Libra and Venus is more around needs, essential needs. What do I actually need? And so this opens up the great riddle of relationship and compatibility. Because some people, like just as a tangent, you can study relationships profoundly with astrology just by combining charts and putting them on top of each other and stuff like this. Right. Just the relationship between Venus and Mars in sinistry is what it's called, is remarkable. It's one of my favorite things about knowing astrology is being able to see those dynamics with people I know. And so knowing what you want, like you being a person with an Aries North Node and then Mars, we got to bring this into the picture because it's also what I would bring up if I was giving you a reading. Okay. Is that Mars rules your North Node. This is an important element in delineation. Uh uh-huh. The planet that rules the North Node in a way is the protagonist, the right. hero, of this destiny road that you're meant yes. to be walking. Right. You have a very potent Mars in your chart for two reasons. One, it's in Capricorn. Mhm. According to Ptolemy and the old the old ones, the old wizards, is the strongest place that Mars can be in. Wow. It's called exaltation. Mhm. And secondly, it's on the MC, which is medium coeli at the top of the chart. Yeah. So it was actually visible in the sky when you were born. Oh, because, wow. Because you were born just before sunrise. Right. And Mars was at the very top of the sky. Yeah. Meaning he was like a little red eye in the sky. looking Oh, down. wow. So That's when, pretty auspicious. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. And when planets are angular, they gain superhero status kind of thing.
0: when they're angular meaning at the very top of the chart the bottom the In the, horizon. Right. Yep. In the
1: horizon yeah
0: horizon yeah
1: yeah four angles mm-hmm. and what i mean by superhero status is it just gives them a, an extra source of alien energy almost like it's just and that's also not a good or a bad thing it's like mars that has this extra boost of vitality and energy and drive knowing how to get what it wants can be a very destructive thing as well. That one right. of the great shadows of Mars and Capricorn is the workaholic. Right. It's like oh, not knowing when that. to stop, like yeah. having no clue. And then like adrenal fatigue occurring, accidents happening that force them to slow down. You know, yeah. like your partner to,
0: and your kids start asking you if you're ever going to, have
1: dinner with them. <laughs> yeah. Where's mom? He's still at the computer. Oh god. <laughs> T- to happen. <laughs> I'm glad I'm getting to know this early. Yeah. Well, there's a few more things that are really essential about it is that because it's connected to the north node, oftentimes like we've used the word a few times around destiny and potential and like what we're supposed to discover. Now that's true, but it's also a dragon head that has no body.
0: Right.
1: So it's, it's like the Tibetan hungry ghost with the pencil necks. Like they're, just, they're constantly eating, but they're never satiated. That's right. How the North Node functions hard. like that. Like once you fi- find it, once you figure it out, right? Like once there's podcasts and your work starts to get momentum, one of yes. the great battles that's going to be continuous is knowing how to schedule time for your loved ones and for hobbies and for things that you really love and not be working all the time because yeah it's like getting on the back of a magic carpet on fire the North so you,
0: okay <clears throat> so you have this dragon and at first it's like this intimidating all-powerful
1: force come to me that you
0: have to yeah and so you're t- and it, it's so terrifying but you have to look at it in the face because it's your life mm-hmm. and then you but but once you learn how to ride it, you, it you're flying Essentially. You are flying for and sure, then, and then once you're flying, the there's this other whole layer of how do I still balance and not just totally yeah. run away with that headless headless monster energy, right?
1: And that's when you fall back into yourself and be like, just hold me. <laughs> well to your partner like oh yeah about these patterns
0: yes right. like
1: going back into that and just not having your mind on the career thing because the north node oftentimes it's not always the case with people everyone's different but often it does tend to show up within a person's like career dream job
0: yeah
1: and when it starts working it can get super overwhelming i mean it almost took me away I almost mm. just floated off in the breeze. Got
0: <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm glad you're still here.
1: Yeah, I me mean, too. I'm so.
0: glad some some forces pulled you back down because we need you. Oh. Um, so okay. So there's a balance between the south node and the north node, and mm. and once we start to find what our dream is. We can pace ourselves and know that we can move at in, and have it be an organic process and not just fly away so fast that we completely lose our roots,
1: right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, the stories... All the stories, it goes back to that idea always, like the story that you're telling yourself about being a young and beautiful entrepreneur and helping all these people, like that story you're subscribed to. It's a wonderful story. And like, as the story gains its chapters and all this stuff, you become more identified with it. Yes. And it does start to like, it can like take over. And then all of a sudden like the Southland, which I like to think of as a, like a restorative outlet in the wall almost like we have to go back to that and, and and recharge it's like our roots it's our family it's where we come from it's what we're good at best that's at.
0: so beautiful so it just takes its place like the south node takes its place as this rejuvenative restorative uh place for us to go mm-hmm. we need to recharge mm-hmm. rather than being something that couches us in stagnation
1: and that's the word I was going to bring up next. It's like, if you stay down there too long, yeah. you begin to grow mold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so many of us has, have spent like a large portion of the first of our lives, the first portion of our lives growing mold a little mm-hmm. bit, right?
1: Yeah, stagnant, without much direction, mm-hmm. inspiration, or the courage to, to do something. And, and with their lives and so
0: to, uh-huh yeah, yeah. that's right and, and so to recap if you go to adam or you go to somebody that can look at your chart with you right then and, and identify these key points so if we think of the chart the birth chart as a map the south node and the north node are like if if, if you only know one thing about your birth chart <laughs> this is an amazing thing, right? I mean, would you agree? It would be an amazing thing to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been asked this question before if you could only have one thing to mm-hmm. give readings with, like it was the only point in the chart. I'm like, well, can I have two? <laughs> because, <it laughs> okay, would be what would nodes. two be?
0: It'd be the nodes. Oh, it would be the nodes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like one. <laughs> the nodes are one, and then there's another one.
1: Yeah, I know. Just because <laughs> there's a north and a south. Like, I, I yeah, I, you know, I have, I challenge my students as well to play around with that. Like how can you give a whole reading just by talking about the nodes?
0: Oh, I love that. I could totally give a whole reading
1: just with the nodes. Yeah. I mean, they're so deep. And so the goal, like this is, you know, I want to like really address this part, like on the stories. And first of all, of course, having good ones and knowing how to burn the pages of the stories that aren't really working anymore. like We don't need to read that chapter again. We don't need to play that movie over. Because there's certain loops that we can edit out of the tape, I think, mm-hmm. but also having really healthy stories is incredibly essential to create a holistic kind of momentum in a person's life, to know their role in a mythological context. It's important. So how
0: do we rewrite our story?
1: By paying attention to the stories that you're attracted to and the one one. like, right? Like what books, what characters, what movies? Sure. All of that or role models, people that you really look up to in your life. Why are you inspired by that person to ask those kinds of questions? And, and then as you begin living the tale, to not forget like where you're coming from and where you're going. Like if it is a map, then like X marks the Shire and then X marks Mount Doom or wherever Smaug lives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I is. hope everyone listening knows about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Come on, everybody. I know
1: vaguely. <laughs> more than the Bible. Millennials can... Oh, for sure. The Bible.
0: <laughs> for sure. For <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> that story is losing its focus, right? And, and, and the saddest Very thing like so. to bring up... Oh, I was going to bring this up early. I'm going to bring it up now as a segue. So in an author that you and I mutually love, Martin Shaw, the yes. father, storyteller, incredible man. Uh, in his latest book, Scatlings, he has a whole subchapter on dragons.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I was so excited when I got to it. And I was just as pleased at the end of it because
0: really? well,
1: he taught me something new about dragons. Which is? And he just points out the obvious is that they're hoarders.
0: Like okay. Yeah. They're
1: It's like that's dragon behavior. Hoarding. Hoarding what? Hoarding your your voice, your stories, who you are. Yes. Like by not yes. connecting with people and sharing your very essence. And yes. saying, mine, mine, I'm cool. I'm gonna stay in tonight this week and I'm not gonna do anything. I don't need to connect with anybody else. I'm fine. You're hoarding. Right, you're hoarding this light, and you're hoarding this this thing that needs to come awake again in all of us. And
0: that was given to you, right, to yeah. to actually share. It yeah. Wasn't given to us to hoard.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating insight. The hoarding, and I think that the hoarding part shows up on both the nodes. That the south node it can be seen as an escape chute or just a comfort, comfortable place that we go to that just sati- satiates, yeah, whatever intensity we're going through, and that can shut off our heart and our connection to life itself, but other yes. people. And then the North node is the mind, mind, mind. Like, like I'm sure it comes up. Like it's social media and the echo chamber of like all the people that you might be inspired by that you would consider colleagues. And, you know, just the competition that can, like the North node of the moon, as they describe it in India is conniving and competitive. And I would include hoarding into it. He's like this red-eyed, funny mustached, kind of swindly-looking guy that you would run into in a dark right. valley in Cuba in the middle of the night, like <laughs> shady, shady, wrong. That's a
0: vivid picture. So, so yeah, and it, it, it's this—it's dangerous, right? I mean, if we get too excited about our dreams and lose perspective. I mean, I could lose perspective on the fact that I have kids and the fact that I have, you know, a family to look after and and right. that I do have these kind of Libra and responsibilities to go back to so that mm-hmm. there's something keeping our feet on the ground. One of my favorite sayings is like walking both worlds, you know, being very present in the the context of Now and what's actually happening with you, while at the same time being able to dream and see yourself in the bigger context, but not dream so big that you lose or dream big, but still keep a connection to, like, you know, having your feet on the earth, how you talk to the person at the grocery store, how you just go about your day to day life, and that you're still having impact. Yeah, so that we do it in a grounded way. So, a couple things. You know, one thing is that it's so clear to me that um, what creates our lives just from moment to moment is what we believe, right? Yeah. Our beliefs really create, I mean, would you agree they create our reality?
1: Yeah. And I would, you know, weasel it a little bit deeper and just say that language. Language. Creates reality. And so That's all right. these, it's you know, concepts and whatnot, like a like Ururu or whatever the name of that huge magical little mound or mountain in Australia. It's like that in the eyes of a tourist is just a pretty big red rock in the middle of the desert. Right. Taking a bunch of pictures with the iPhone (laughs) on the Instagram. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The selfie stick.
1: Right. To the aborigine, it's—I I don't know for sure, but I do believe like it's the origin point of their entire myth, their creation story. Yeah, it, like, comes from there. Wow. And the dream time and all of this stuff. Well, those are concepts. Those are ideas. Those are probably from direct experience with the liminal landscape and these magical realms that we all have access into. Yeah. Like they have, like they have both feet in both worlds at all times. But there's, yes. no, there's no difference. That's what dream time is. Like this right now is not different than our dreams at night or also visionary landscapes. We just make those hard corners and those edges, being like, I yeah. had yeah, dreams. Aren't they so weird? <laughs> They're just weird. I don't remember my dreams most of the time. Poor soul. I would, I would. To be starved from my dreams oh that'd be terrible yeah well there are
0: things you can do oh for sure yeah
1: but it informs so much of what is going on in this life and in the stories that we're telling and it does it in a very symbolic way so dreams and the study of astrology go very well together
0: so okay so if language creates our reality, and language is the tool that we use, the medium that we use to create our beliefs, right? I mean, if, mm-hmm. if we put it into language, we say, we, I can have a story that says, I am, you know, just a girl from Queens, and I'm an immigrant, and I will never learn how to operate, you know, in the in the financial system, in the social system, in, in this Country and I won't be able to have success. That's one story and it's made right. up of language or I can create a story that says I can do whatever I want and these visions and these dreams that I have have been given to me for a reason right. and I can trust them because mm-hmm. they keep on leading me to new adventures and I don't actually know and I can't know what the outcome will be. But what I can do is trust that something bigger than me has my back mm-hmm. So that's another story. It's mm-hmm. pretty different, and I know that when I tell one of those stories, I feel like binging, like running to the fridge or like <laughs> running to the bed and never getting back up again. And yeah. When I tell the other story, I feel totally exhilarated and like I can do yep. anything yep. and like I can fly. And so I can choose in any moment, right? This is the secret that we don't learn. I wish that in school, instead of all the stuff we do learn we learn the simple thing that we can we can change what our thoughts are yeah right yeah. if we learn that i mean how empowered would we all be and so what i just want to bring this back to is that when you look when you sit with someone like adam when you sit with someone who is knowledgeable about the chart you get empowering pieces of your story mm. right you can extract pieces of your own story that will actually help you to weave together um, a tale that you want to live so that when you wake up in the morning, you are living a story that you are excited to be a part of every single day. Mm -hmm. So that's the power of astrology to me.
1: (sighs) That's a good breakdown. You should almost make that as a soundbite.
0: Oh. Okay, I like that. I'll do that. This okay. well, there's
1: some podcasts. I don't know if you've listened to them where they'll take a highlight from the yeah. conversation and then it starts the whole podcast. Like Jason right
0: Gattis' podcast. Yeah, totally. Oh, he does
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that would be your soundbite.
0: <laughs> that okay. I, I like that. It's gonna. I'm gonna have to play with my editing skills. It's gonna be a good challenge.
1: Hmm. Well, that's great. I mean, like so much. Like if you know, to end this quote-unquote reading. Uh, if I were giving it to you, yeah, the entire way that you just described your understanding of the story and belief and language is archetypally perfect to your nodal story. Uh. And so it's like a big check mark because you even use language adjectives that I would use to describe Uranus. Like you said, feels like I'm flying, I'm exhilarated, it feels alive. Well, that's what it's doing as it comes towards your north node. It's trying to awake, awaken this part that's in all of us to distill meaning from the signs, from synchronicity, from coincidence, from, "Oh, this means that I am on the right path." Like there are definite, uh, yeah, experiences oh, that, that ensure that you're in the right direction.
0: I love that. So you're saying, listen to those signs that say it. And no matter how, no matter how unusual, no matter how crazy your friends might think you are if you told them, although they probably would in a secret way, be very, very fascinated and curious and want to get <laughs> yeah. no more information, even if they were judging on the surface. But mm-hmm. you know those those moments of like, oh my god, and and I walked past this. Store window, and it had there was a woman with a red scarf, and then you know then then I went and I was thinking about you know I was thinking about ponies, and then I was on the I'm making it kind of ridiculous like <laughs> yeah I can't. I'm
1: trying to follow what are you talking about well red scarf I'm, ponies. I'm yeah. just following your trail here no
0: no, <laughs> no i I'm saying like you know, okay, but bear with me, I'm not done Very good, but then you're on the subway, you know and you see another a woman with a red scarf and she comes up to you and says something about you know will you will you take care of my ponies this weekend or something and you <laughs> you wanted to you know spend time with horses your whole life whatever it is, what I'm oh, yeah. is these kind of coincidences these experiences that make us that give us glimpses that the universe is not just this you know, three-dimensional material world that, you know, we just kind of stack up one Lego on top of the other and hope that by retirement time, we have enough money to not starve. Sure. Right. That there's more to life than that. So these experiences that hint at that, that they're actually, they are something larger talking to you, whatever Mm -hmm. we want to call it, but to pay attention. And oftentimes when that happens in my experience, um, is when i'm doing something outside of my comfort zone or you know somehow or other um challenging myself or yeah stepping hmm. out stepping,
1: stepping out yeah you're doing it and i get your example now and that's exactly right like those, <laughs> those kinds Can of experiences up. are saturated in meaning and uh, like even deja vu is something I've noticed with transits to and from the nodes. Really? hmm Yeah. Like deja vu will happen and I'll look and the moons say exactly conjunct the south node, which is actually happening at the moment. It happened before we started talking. But Interesting. I didn't I've have been any having a lot of those lately. Today? Before the recording? No, but in the past few months I had
0: some. I had like a cluster of them.
1: I find it as a good sign because apply everything we just learned about the nodes. One of them kind of relates to the past where we're coming from. The other is this potential where we're kind of moving towards. Ultimately, they're going to converge at some point. Time is a loop de loop. Well, when you have deja vu, it's that kind of feeling like, have I been here before or have I yet to? So yes, ancient future kind of memory, what's happening, and so I think that deja vu is a great sign that you're moving in the right direction.
0: Well, that's awesome. I agree with you, just on an intuitive level. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to bring Pluto back in real quick, so you know, you go to your astrologer. Maybe it's Adam, maybe it's you, and you you get these this information, this story where you're coming from with the South Node. Uh, a good suggestion of where to go with the North Node, and then Pluto, which we talked about so much, what key will that give? Can you just recap for us?
1: Right. Pluto turns into a Buddha real fast once we witness. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Once we realize what's been lurking in the shadows and we contemplate those four noble truths that, number one, life is suffering. So get used to it. Like, it's okay. Like, 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 it's hard. You're gonna die. We're all gonna die. Yeah. So how to navigate that, which I think is really the origin point of all of our fears and phobias and addictions, is knowing yeah. that we have an expiration date.
0: Yeah. Right. So that's a
1: scary thing and people obviously get this bad idea about Pluto being this demonic force that kidnaps women and feeds them pomegranate seeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that <laughs> element to it, but I think <laughs> I think that, no, it only,
0: that doesn't sound so bad if you're kidnapped.
1: <laughs> yeah, Persephone was into it, I think. After a while. <laughs> but It turns into this Buddha, my point, like when we realize the root cause of our suffering, which is our separating desires and our attachments. And so by managing that, which of course gets straight to the core of all addiction, like it's us reaching for something to fill a hole that can't be filled. Yeah, that like the only thing we can do is completely accept that we are an eternal soul that can be tapped into and understood that all information about ourselves and everything else spins on the Akashic record player. And we can listen to that and slow dance with ourselves at times late at night on full moons and just remember we can remember and we can be all right with the fact that we're an eternal child of this whole game of life. I mean, what's the point of it, cat? I don't know. I have no idea, but it's definitely a game. And there's all these stories that kind of compose it. And it's fascinating to me to have a language like astrology that tells it. Like if you understand it and you can read it like a book, it's just a layer of understanding life like nothing else. It's yeah. so fascinating.
0: So, I mean, yeah, I would agree with you. I think I walked out of my first astrology reading with you Feeling like I had learned more in that. I mean, I think we, it was like a four hour reading or something. I, I, don't, I don't want to give people the impression that you offer those anymore. I don't. But, but, you know, it was, you were starting and we were good friends and we spent many hours. I think I walked out of there just feeling like a whole new dimension had opened up for me, both in my personal life and my understanding of my personal life. And I, boy, I had no idea how much more developed that would become.
1: Mm -hmm. but,
0: but also, you know, with a greater idea of this larger context that we're living in and not, I just want to like emphasize, not in some woo-woo esoteric way, but really like, oh yeah, these are some of the answers to some of those very, very deep questions that plague us simply because we don't talk about them in school. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about them with our families oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But so So I would really, really recommend and and encourage anybody to go and find, uh, your connection and maybe you get in touch with Adam through his website, um, which we'll talk about in a second and just get this map, this astrological map for yourself. You'll never regret it. You'll always have it as a reference to go back to, and it's just a priceless, invaluable resource. So if somebody does, you know, for, for folks out there, how can they find you? How can they find your podcast, your blog? You do so much and you put so much content out um, to us. So where do we find it?
1: Good plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my website is holes to heavens.com. That's H O L E S as if the stars were just holes to heaven and it's plural. So holes to heavens and you can f- subscribe to my site and just stay in the loop around all my writing and really it's the podcast that is the big wind in my sails I've been doing this podcast called exploring astrology since 2009 and there's hundreds of them and there's a 50 50 between me doing solo shows educational playful music art, whatever happens and then conversations with many of the world's uh, most fascinating wizards, astrologers, men and women, both. (laughs) And so they're they're all in there and it's just, it's been a really wonderful thing. uh, You know, bringing the North node into it, like in the conversation, like mind speaks to being like in a way, having a public voice, having a Gemini North node at the top of my chart. It's all about Mm. talking and, getting off of the mountain, but I learned how to integrate that. <laughs> integrate that very well. Thanks to technology, but yes, uh, yeah, my way or that podcast is also, you can listen to them on the holes to heavens.com. But the easiest way is if you have a smartphone or iPad or whatever, iTunes, just go into the podcast app, Stitcher podcast addict. Those are other ways you can find it and listen, it's free. That's a good information.
0: It's so good. It's so good. It's a way to stay up on, on top of what what is actually happening in the sky all the time. Because not mm-hmm. only is it relevant what happened during your birth, but you can be informed by what's happening now mm-hmm. at any given moment, right? And yeah. give yourself tools. Um, great. And you give readings as well. Oh yes. I, uh, oh, yes.
1: I'm running a holiday discount at the moment.
0: Ooh, tell so, us.
1: Um, so, twenty five percent off all my readings and classes. There's a lot of pre recorded classes on my site.
0: Twenty five percent off. hmm. That's a sweet deal, Adam. I'm people, rubbing my hands together as we speak.
1: People need it. <laughs> the world is falling apart, and I'm here to help. So, yeah, you just use promo code uh, COSMO in my store, which is K O S M O, and you get twenty five percent off.
0: Okay, so classes, readings, podcast, uh, writing. Yeah. It's all in there and it's all up there and it's all good quality mm-hmm. stuff, content. You can
1: stalk me on Facebook too, Adam Summer. Oh Same.
0: yeah, yeah, good. I love it. You know, um, I'm just so psyched because it's fun talking to you
1: fun talking to you you're one of my favorite people to talk to <laughs> now we're on a podcast
0: <laughs> now we're on a podcast who knew <laughs> somebody did
1: that's definitely the momentum you might have this conversation when you're up here but uh you know after doing my show for seven years uh i'm leaning more and more into having my friends
0: right on the
1: show whether they know astrology or not it can be fit and i just think uh-huh. that capturing the dynamics of really close friendship and intelligent conversation is priceless.
0: Oh yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. It does. It shows people how they can connect, Mm -hmm. how we can, people can connect in this, in beautiful ways. So many people out there feeling isolated.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I think one of the biggest accidental surprise offerings of podcasting is exactly that it helps yeah. fe- people feel connected uh when they are you know before their first steps on the individuated road they still feel alienated and in Decatur, indiana and they just feel like a weirdo <laughs> around what <laughs> they're surrounded by and then they tap into podcasts like this or you know the bigger ones like the comedians do like rogan and Uh, Mark Marin and Duncan Trussell, like, they create such a cool community vibe with their conversations, and it really does make you feel like you're a part of it.
0: Totally. It's casual, it's relaxing, but at the same time, you learn things, and you get this stuff to chew on Mm -hmm. mentally, and yeah, I I love it, too. It, It does seem to be connecting the world in a really unprecedented way.
1: Yeah, and if you guys are like, ah, astrology, like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to a show. Trust me, my show doesn't sound like, hey there, Virgo, this week it's going to be amazing for you. <laughs> We've got, that's not what I do. That's not, you, you might have just lost some listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody may have been really excited for that, Adam.
1: Uh, well, I just have to prepare them <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> Maybe now. That's, Maybe that's your north node. No, it's not. Um. yeah it, it's it, I really like your podcast and it's nothing like that
1: yeah there's a lot of people that listen that don't even know astrology it's hilarious like I get stories all the time like people sign up for a reading with me and they're like yeah I listen to your podcast I was like great like so how long have you been learning or studying astrology they're like I don't know anything
0: astrology about what's astrology
1: yeah they're like I just you entertain me and I always learn something I'm like okay it's
0: True. it's true you have good quotes and well read (laughs) thing. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much. I thank you for having me on. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to do this again.
1: All right, love. Have a beautiful night. You too, everyone.
0: Bye, sweetie. Bye everyone.